Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Welcome back to another Conversations About Light podcast. We're currently in the season of Acts with the the title Empowered. And I'm joined here with Jib. G'day. And Josh. Say g'day. Say say g'day. And I'm uh, Caleb, your host. And we're very excited to be having this conversation this week with you. But before we dive into (laughs) the finer details of it... The question I have for you, gentlemen, today is, are you a Apple or Android person or a Mac or a PC? So maybe start with uh, you, Jib. Android and PC. Yeah, yeah for sure. Defend your, your position. <laughs> Defend <my> position. <laughs> so PC especially, I like to play video games. Um, most of them don't run on Mac and all of them run on PC. Almost all of them run on PC. Can't you like design something for them to run on Mac? There, there are things that kind of help you with that. Apple doesn't really like you using those. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's just everything that I like to use professionally and for my own fun works better yeah. on Windows or even Linux than uh, I don't even know what that is. That's all right. <laughs> and so um, I'm quite happy not to be in that space. Android works perfectly well as well. I think there's some innovation that happens on both sides. They, co- they take turns copying each other. And so in the end, we all kind of get... In the end, we're Good, all clever phones. Yeah, we're all yeah. Mac users. Thank <laughs> like you, Josh. Sorry, I just fell asleep for a bit there. Uh, <laughs> do I have to care about this? I, I use Apple because I'm too stupid to use <laughs> the other stuff. It just does it. everything for me accordingly. So you didn't understand what Jib was saying? When you gave me four options, I thought in my head there were two: it was Apple or not Apple. But uh, in your head, there were four things. That no, I, there, I, I was already options. nodding off by that stage. One was for computers, and one, two were for computers, Compu- and two were for your phone. I'm yeah. four. I'm four computers. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> I'm for I, the internet. Yeah, Josh's. I like technology. <laughs> So yeah, very good. So do you judge people who have Macs then? I don't. Okay, great. Feel judged. Since you're here as well, you need to answer the question as well because everyone will be wondering. Well, I'm currently using my uh, my Mac um, and I've got an iPhone as well. So I feel uh, intensely judged by... They probably <laughs> work yeah. perfectly well. Yeah, they do. They, probably. <laughs> I mean, I can open a Word document <laughs> and close it. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> it's got all the uh, technological advances I need. All right. It empowers me to do... Many things. Oh, I think nice. I need a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into today's reading. This reading is from Acts 4, 23 to 37, from the English Standard Version. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. 
and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the other apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Very encouraging portion of scripture. Yeah, um, awesome. I'd love to hear what you're noticing in this passage, Jude. I like how fired up they get. They really get fired up in prayer and to uh, be bold with their faith. Uh, so for, I guess for a little context here, um, when it says when they were released, they had just been... Um, had to defend themselves. Peter and John had to defend themselves mm-hmm. um, from the the uh, authorities in Jerusalem uh, for teaching about Jesus. And the authorities were like, "Well, okay, you can go, but stop talking about Jesus." And they're like, "No, <laughs> whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge." And they continue on, and so that's what they reported to their uh, to their friends here. And it is exciting. It hypes you up. It stokes a fire underneath you yeah. to kind of hear what, when your brothers and sisters in Christ um, have this boldness, they are, have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to um, speak the truth of who Jesus is and what that means for everyone. And I, I, what I take out of that is sort of I get a little fire lit under me as well. Yeah, yeah very good. What about you, Josh? What are you noticing? Mm. Yeah, this is, this is a lovely portion of scripture, like Jib said, an encouraging portion. Um, the two big uh, thoughts, I think, for this text and the, this week are, are prayer and proclamation. So we just see a, a great example of prayer, and I'd love to get into some of the, the details of their prayer because it really is uh, encouraging and uh, not just edifying but instructional. The way they pray, I'm, I'm, I'm uh Amazed and shocked by it. You'll, you'll see what, see in a, in a bit when we discuss it. But prayer and then proclamation. They're, they're, we're just going to keep speaking about Jesus. We're going to testify to His resurrection. Yeah. You know, um, that's all. That's all we got. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's all we got. But the the prayer aspect, um, empowered to pray, empowered to proclaim, uh, is just is a beautiful, beautifully shown here in this text. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's then <coughs> jump into one of those thoughts. Let's jump into prayer. Uh, maybe to start off with, what gets you excited about how this scripture approaches prayer, Jib? Sovereign Lord. Yeah. yeah. Just, it th- starts with God's rule over everything. And that is the entire reason we have faith that prayer can even be answered at all. I mean, okay, so back in much older cultures um, and some cultures today as well, when you're not praying to an omniscient God and an all-powerful God, but you're praying to one of many gods, you're hoping that someone with power is going to ex- exert some of their power in your favour and hopefully <laughs> overcome anyone who's exerting power um, against you. 
But the sovereignty of God means that anything, whatever God has for you, he will accomplish. Wow. It cannot be overcome. Um, and so that, that enables us to be bold and to, be, to know that if anything, if God answers no, it's not that he can't. Yeah. Is that it's better not to. He's wise enough to know the answer. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this response. As you said, Jib, the context is prison. It's trial. It's yeah. like they're under the pump, right? Yeah. And I think usually we wait till it gets quite bad before we pray or, you know, that's kind of a trigger for prayer. It's like, oh, man, I'm really desperate now. We'll pray. So I think I think that kind of shows you, shows you something. But here they... There's a couple of things I'm noticing. One, they gather together, yeah. and at the end of the, the Acts 2 passage and Acts 4 passage, you see them together praying. Here they're doing it together. So they've got other believers around them, and they're lifting their voices together. But I love what you said about sovereign sovereign Lord. Like the, what a way to start prayer. God, you're in charge of everything. Mm. Not God, here's my list of demands. Yeah. <laughs> and then notice how the prayer unfolds. They, he, mm. they quote Psalm 2, which is basically, God laughs at all the plans of all the kings and all the peoples of the earth. He laughs at them because he sits there and he does as he wills through his King Jesus. That's Psalm 2 in a nutshell. So this is their prayer. God, you're in charge of everything yeah. and your plans be done. So they're not even praying for specific circumstances necessarily. I don't think it's wrong to pray for circumstances, but they're leaving that in God's hands. Yeah, good. They're like, and even they, they flesh it out even more. They're like, remember, God, how these people killed your holy servant Jesus. God, what a great move. The yeah. crucifixion to to forgive the sins of the world. Yeah. If we were in charge at that point, we would have stopped the crucifixion. In fact, I think one of the disciples tried to. Yeah. So the point is like they finally it seems like their prayers matured to yeah. a place of like, God, you rule all things. My circumstance, well, I might take a stab at it, but I could get it very wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so God, why don't you be in charge? And I just pray that God let your will be done in a sense. Yeah. So I, I love this prayer. It's like the, in the midst of tough situation and they just completely in a sense relying upon God and then I love the other second part of their prayer is give us the right words God yeah good. give us and so that's their prayer and, and and then they go on to proclaim but they're just saying God we just want to be faithful to testify about Jesus yeah. and that's very very cool what a prayer <laughs> yeah. I love the the title as well the believers pray for boldness mm. uh, I know um, Jib mentioned it a, a few times that that boldness that um, comes from the Holy Spirit in praying and in overcoming fear and the obstacles that we face as well. Yeah, and that they Josh touched on this. They're, they're not praying against the circumstances, but they're praying on boldness to that will outweigh, that will drown out, um, that will you know accomplish God's plans rather than them being drowned out by their circumstances. Yeah. Can you imagine praying for that? Like, oh, things are tough, but may I glorify you in how I respond to this? Right. And uh, so may people see it, see your goodness all the more Yeah. because of it. It's very different to how I normally, like we, most of us pray in a crisis, but our yeah. prayer is normally first to our circumstance, right? Like, yeah, God, yeah. fix this. God, do that. Mm. And this, this is kind of a beautiful picture yeah. of, of empowered prayer. Like, I think, again, you have to be, Empowered by the Holy Spirit Absolutely. and know the Word of God, because this that yeah. would shape your prayer. Absolutely, and it seems like this these people have. Yeah. And and we're not saying don't pray against your circumstances. Yeah, of course. And Jesus gives a beautiful <laughs> example in the garden where he prays yes. that this cup will be taken away yeah. from him. I love, I love that Jesus, sinless, yeah. is also an example. He's an example for us to follow in many things. He's also an example of a prayer where the answer is no. 
Yeah. And in that prayer, he says, your will be done. Yeah. And God doesn't say no to his will. The father doesn't say no to his own will being done. But he says, um, yeah, my will will be, will be done. Yeah. And you are going to take this cup. Yeah. So that look, that honest look uh, into like our hearts as humans is like, God, this isn't what we want, but your will be done. Yeah. Which I love in terms of that, that example of, of Jesus praying in the garden is yeah. like it shows his humanity. Yeah. But then it also shows his boldness filled with the spirit and being able to yeah. say admits the circumstance, admits what's going to come. Your will be done, God. I love the second part of their prayer. Like, God, fill us with uh, your word. Like, we want to speak your yeah. word. So they're going to do something. Right? There is, in a sense, when we're in a crisis, we have to respond in some way. Our response is normally, God, change my circumstance. Yeah. But their, their prayer is, God, give me, let me speak your word. Yeah. And what a great prayer because I know how often I say stupid things. <laughs> so, so God, please don't let me say stupid things could be a great prayer. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. In, yeah. Especially in, this, in tough situations. So the, the prayer, God, give me your word. Not, let it not be my words. My words are often unhelpful. And, yeah. But God, let me proclaim it. And then, and then God, stretch out your hand to perform uh, what you're doing, your signs and wonders, God. Let, let the outcome be with you. But stri- God... Yes, please stretch out your hand, but give me the correct words. And and it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered, and went out and spoke with great boldness. So they yeah, just kept awesome. on, and and they and the words they were was Jesus is risen. It says I think in the in the last part of the passage we read, they testified with great power yeah, to the resurrection. Yeah. What what have I got to say about this? Jesus is risen. That's that's what I got. Um, so then, <laughs> which is better than the other things I normally have. <laughs> <laughs> with that, then, what do you notice about leading from prayer into proclamation? What are we noticing within proclaiming? Yeah, it's um, the goal is God glorified and yeah. and His kingdom built up. Yeah, and um, it's I think it's easy to be proud um, when we pray for help. In doing something, may I not embarrass myself? May I not make a fool of myself? And it's a different thing to pray. May I not misrepresent your word? Yeah. May I not teach unfaithfully? And so we can be humbled in the experience of boldly sharing um, the truth of God's word. Yeah. We can lose our pride in that in that experience in all sorts of ways where it kind of goes wrong or is surprising or mm. whatever. And uh, that it is you always for our good that we are humbled. But um, that doesn't get in the way of God accomplishing work with his word. And maybe the word lands on fertile soil. Maybe it lands on open ears and soft hearts, even when we do it clumsily. Um, We want to know the word well. Um, It's another example of being um, of practical work towards glorifying God and towards working with the spirit. But um, it is in up to the spirit, whether we actually do it well. Yeah. I think uh, uh, verse 33 is a great part of the proclamation where it says, with great power they gave testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. So what, what do we have to say? We have a testimony. Yeah, Jesus is alive. Jesus has changed my life. I cannot deny him. You know, all these kind of testimonies to the resurrection of Jesus. How can I testify to the risen Jesus in my life? And so that seems to be what the apostles are doing. They're just testifying. No, Jesus did. I saw Jesus rose again. You know, that they had eyewitness accounts. We have testimony as well. I know Jesus. 
is alive. He's rescued me. He's um, redeemed me and saved me. So yeah. I think there's the other part I'm noticing about proclamation is it says, that, and great grace was upon them all. Mm-hmm. There seems to be this great grace which is described there. And I'm, I'm just wondering what is that like? You know, what is what does it mean to have great grace upon uh, uh, upon the whole church like that? I love that it's linked to this this moment of prayer, this moment of um, proclamation where they praying, God, your will be done. They're testifying wonderfully to the resurrection, and there's just a sense of grace on the church. And I think our our testimony can can be like that in a sense. I think yeah. when we, you know, Jesus Jesus said, "Do not worry about what you'll say." The Holy Spirit will help you in those moments to to speak. And he's he's talking about heavy persecution in that in that passage. But yeah. I think the the point is there that there's great grace upon us uh, as we maybe not perfectly, but however we do, as we make a, a um, head towards testifying about Jesus' resurrection, I, I really believe great grace comes um, upon us. Awesome. I think it also speaks to. Um um, I guess a few weeks ago now we, we talked about how Jesus said it's even better that the Holy that we have the Holy Spirit um, in the whole church than um, Jesus on his own. And um, I think it speaks to that as well because our testimonies sharing how the Holy Spirit has been in work in us and he works in all sorts of different ways and we are shaped in those different ways. And so when we share those testimonies with each other, we are brought into un- unity with each other because we um, get to vicariously experience the many different ways that God has worked in each of our lives. Mm. And the more we share that with other people as well, um, we see, even though everyone's experiences are different, we see this breadth of um, God's goodness uh, as the blanket is big enough to fit you under it, you know, <laughs> when, when I'm talking about that breadth. Yeah. Um, and so these testimonies are an invitation. And when the, the invitation gets more inviting, the more that someone hears um, how the Holy Spirit has been at work in someone's life. So just in closing, what's a thought or a question that we can leave with thinking about going into this week? I'd love to ask, what is the shape of your prayer life? This is such a great example of prayer. And to look at the shape that they, they take here, God, you're sovereign. God, I'm not sure about the circumstances. They'll probably work out best in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the shape of your prayer like and what do you, how do you pray? I think it would be powerful to think about that and to learn from this, uh, this kind of picture we have here. God, would you help me to shape my prayers around God? Let your will be done. And give me your words to speak. Let me testify to your resurrection. What stories do I have? What testimony do I have of the resurrection? of Jesus in my own life and to ponder that I think can be helpful it's such a great example I think it would change uh, change something